Brought to you by Feitner Productions. In a world of 7.9 billion people, approximately 900 million American multinational chain coffee houses, and 2 million podcasts, one man dares interpret the language that we call law. Only one man dares invite his friends to participate in wacky improv comedy. Only one man dares throw down the gauntlet. One man dares to challenge another man with an outrageous request which that other man then... Wait, no. I don't know how Billy does that every week. Hey everybody, this is Jeff, the audio editor, engineer, and producer, a managing partner of Verboten Productions, and fly-on-the-wall style creepy voyeur that gets to listen into all the conversations Billy has outside of the law office and his home and chop them up, make them sound amazing, and then beam them straight to your brains with Verboten's patented ear hole transmission technology. Today's episode is the product of one throwaway line, one stubborn bastard, three pots of peach brand Major Dickinson's blend coffee, five and a half hours of searching and organizing the sound bites to create what amounts to a digital version of Fisher Price's C and Say, and just under 98 hours and 47 minutes of cutting, copying, pasting, leveling, and checking other various checkboxes in Adobe Audition just so you, dear listener, won't have to hear Billy Griffin or Jay pretend to be sailors for the day and utter every curse or swear word that they can think of, which, quite frankly, as a sailor, is a pathetically short list. Anyway, take it away, Billy. This episode of Laying Down the Law is brought to you by Team Fast with EXP Realty in the East Bay area of San Francisco, California. You know, I haven't been there in so long. I You don't say East Bay area of San Francisco. You say San Francisco East Bay. Aren't you from the Bay Area, Billy? Yeah. <laughs> this episode of Laying Down the Law <laughs> is brought to you by everywhere that BART goes. Team go. Fast, EXP Realty. No consideration has to- been paid for this promotion. <laughs> I'm going to propose that to be our next slogan. Yeah. Everywhere that Bart goes. If we go there, <laughs> Bart goes there. Yeah. Well, that's where Jay does all his business is Bart. <laughs> I only sell properties that are adjacent to Bart stations. <laughs> Very niche. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just, um, I, I specialize in the Rockridge station area, just Rockridge, just that, you know, Rockridge. Rockridge. I don't recognize it. Ne- near Oakland. Near, okay. It's like a neighborhood near Berkeley. It's Oakland. right by Fruitvale. Okay. Fruitvale, I know. Yeah. Um, welcome to Laying Down the Law, the law and comedy podcast that's just a little too spicy for primetime, where your host, that's me, reads the hottest legal cases to the world's sauciest comedians who ask the burning questions we all have. Then we improvise a completely made up scene in madcap hilarity. And then in the third act, we're gonna get real. Stop pretending we're somebody else and find out what it means to actually be human. I'd like to introduce my guest this week, a dynamic duo originally from the Cupertino, California area. Of the San Francisco Bay Area area. Where the Bart goes now. Uh, First, he's a comedy writer and actor, a realtor, a native of the Bay Area, and a purveyor of all things tab-related, I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast the brilliant Mr. Jay Singh. Golf clap. Golf clap. (laughs) That's the audience, you know. uh, We can ask later. And then (laughs) out of my two guests, I have batting cleanup, a heavy hitter, the tall glass of water from Killing My Lobster in Frisco, and Second City Hollywood Conservatory program graduate, a graduate of the Groundlings in Los Angeles, up and coming rising star, my f- good friend, 
a very talented guest host, Griffin Taylor. Hello. Thank you for having us back. And by the way, you saying Frisco, Billy. Yeah. That just adds to the area. You know what? Every time I go to Frisco, what I like to get me is I like to get me a sourdough bread bowl. And I just <laughs> fill it up with that clam chowder and I just eat it right there at Pier 39. Right, right. Go and throw some to the sea lions. That's how I rice roll. Rice that. Because some rice aroni. I ride a cable car. Yeah, I do it all. I do it all. I get some Ghirardelli, Ghirardelli chocolates. Uh, you know, been to San Francisco. He's go been over to Fort area. Mason, throw a little Frisbee in the park there. <laughs> Okay, wear some Levi jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the only thing I wear. Right. Hang out in front of the full house house. Oh, <laughs> I've never not taken a selfie in front of the full house house. The paint, were they called the painted ladies' houses? It's like, oh, yeah. there's five houses painted different colors. Get that in LA, just go to any block. I should see if that's on the, on the MLS, which is Realtor Talk for multiple listing service. Oh, yeah. And yeah, see what's going on with that house. The full house house. Oh, I've been is on TripAdvisor. Is that amazing? I've been addicted, like uh, many other people, to Zillow. Looking up stuff on Zillow, it's pretty insane. You can find just random stuff on Zillow. You know, they uh, should combine Zillow with like a Google Earth, so you can, uh, you know, kind of just, just, you know, the Google Earth thing, where just take me anywhere on the globe, and then yeah. tell me what it costs to buy a house there. <laughs> I mean, yeah that's pretty much Zillow yeah. um, <laughs> or, or, or combine it with Wikipedia you know, Wikipedia uh, we, we do love Wikipedia on this show it's not yes, an official yeah. sponsor but um, but you know like the, the take me to any page page uh-huh. um, but do that on Zillow that's a good idea yeah yeah see how much like, it costs to live in kansas or something just like zoom out your map <laughs> high enough and then put your put your parameters really really narrow like i want a house between three hundred and forty two thousand and three hundred forty eight thousand dollars in the state of <laughs> <laughs> in the state of nevada and just see what you get <laughs> um the governor's mansion <laughs> you're, you're not gonna believe this i'm not sure i, I, can, I'm I don't super gullible so try me <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not gonna believe this. I mean, literally. Yeah, it wasn't even a turn of phrase. Don't even listen to what I have to say. It's a waste of time. The full house house. I'm not sure if it's kosher to give the address out because people live there. Is a real house, has a real address in San Francisco. Was sold in October of last year. You don't want to take a guess for the uh, sale price? San Francisco. Two thousand dollars. Uh, Two thousand twenty. Three bedroom, three bedroom, three bath. October second, two thousand twenty. Two point dollars. Two point four million. I'm inclined to say Griffin's right because that feels like what the market is right now. <laughs> it was neither. It was surprisingly not sixty million dollars or two. It was five point three five million dollars. Wow, damn! That is a lot of freaking bread bowls. <laughs> that's a lot of house that is a yeah, lot of house that is a lot of house for that much in san francisco too like that seems low for san francisco maybe things are i don't know different now five well, million well anybody who's selling a five million dollar house my email address is jaypreet j-a-y-p-r-e-e-t at fastagents.com i'll be more than happy to help you with your needs you know, on this show, everything weaves together. So we're talking about obscenely high home prices. We're talking about real estate. Our case of the week 
deals with obscenity. But before we talk about our case of the week, I want to hear a few words from our sponsor, Jay. Hello, my name is Jay Singh. You can call me Jay. I am a realtor here in the Bay Area, and I'm happy to help with any of your real estate needs. You know, needs any advice, market updates, would like to buy, sell, or invest, please give me a call. You can call me at 408-805-5291. That's 408-805-5291. My email address is jpreet, J-A-Y-P-R-E-E-T, at fastagents, that's plural, Com. That's jpreet at fastagents.com. We do the entire Bay Area I'm with Team Fast, one of the largest growing teams in all of California, poised to close $1 billion with the B, pinky finger to the mouth, billion dollars in volume this year. So please reach out to us. We're happy to help. Right, Jay. And we're legally required to say that's Team Fast with EXP Realty in the that San Francisco Bay East area. Of San Francisco. Right. Frisco. Of Frisco. Correct. It's fast agents because you guys all run the 40-yard the dash in less than five seconds, right? We only do our business while running in place. Okay. So you're constantly running. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was guessing that fast stand for Fremont Area Swim Team. A shout out to the Fremont Area Swim Team. Um, if you remember Adam DeClerc, fast, team fast. That's my cousin. Uh, rocking it in the, I don't know, whatever events he used to swim, but he was apparently pretty fast. I, I don't think this guy existed. I don't think Billy has any roots to the Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he's he... done all of his facts wrong. Okay. Kind of amazing. All right. <laughs> Bellarmine High School, Bart Train, oh. Fort Mason, Point <laughs> Tower, <laughs> Bay Bridge. Okay, never mind. I uh, rescind my statement. Treasure Here Island. <laughs> you know forget about the rest of the show let's just name things about places <laughs> topeka band train omaha union pacific oh. berkshire hathaway <laughs> I robert get barons pacific ocean pacific ocean yeah i got yes. one i got one okay good <sighs> the american river Ooh. Located in Sacramento. Mm. Sacramento. As I prefer <laughs> to say, Sacramento. Sac of tomatoes. That's how the locals call it, Sacramento. Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. And then I go, man, afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a, this case of the week is a new area for us. Um, we've talked a lot about tort laws, uh, tort law. Uh, this is constitutional law, an area I didn't do that well in in law school, which is why I steer clear of it. Lots of opinions, big words, uh, ideas that don't really have a lot to do with your everyday life. Tort law, tort law is great. People hitting each other. Constitutional law, less fun, more interesting. Deep dive thinkers. The Rocky Mountains. Um, but. Uh but we're going to learn about the law. <laughs> That's a callback. What do we do another, here? Is that another section of law? The Rocky Mountain no, Rocky Law? Mountains. Rocky Mountain <laughs> Law. The way we all uh, learn language, usually, if we learn a new language, is we learn the cuss words first. I asked Jay and uh, Griffin what they wanted to talk about, and they said obscenity. I believe Griffin said, I know it when I see it, which is one of the most famous standardless legal standards. 
for uh, the trivia nerds in the audience. In 1964, the United States Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart used I know it when I see it to describe his threshold test for obscenity in Jacobellius versus Ohio. Justice Potter Stewart said, I shall not today attempt to further define the kinds of material that I understand to be embraced within that shorthand description, quote, hardcore pornography, and perhaps I never could succeed in intelligibly doing so, but I know it when I see it. And the motion picture involved in this case is not that. The Jacobellius case involved a foreign film, a French film uh, called The Lovers, that was not allowed to be shown because the uh, state of Ohio had an obscenity law and basically said it was pornographic and couldn't be, couldn't be displayed. And the Supreme Court went ahead and took a look at the film and decided that it was not obscene. And so under the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, the law limiting that particular motion picture was in violation of the U.S. Constitution. So the law was struck down in that case. Huh. I'm trying to think if I've seen this movie. Is it on Netflix? Well, <laughs> I think it's on Criterion. There's so many French films on Criterion that I've watched. Yeah. It sounds very saucy just from the questions it brought up. It, it is. Yes, I think it is pretty saucy. The film concerns a woman who's involved in adultery and rediscovers human love. Sounds like quite an afternoon. <laughs> yeah you know the supreme court that's how they roll yeah well 64 i mean uh yeah i guess that that doesn't seem all that late but it's still surprising that i i just love the idea like for the the case that you shared with us too uh, th- that i i assume you're going to talk about next mm-hmm. the, um i just love the idea of all these like very kind of a sober, stern Supreme Court justices discussing like Ah. scenes and movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. By the way, because this is a a podcast and we're out of time and I'm going to go ahead and ask my producer to uh, replace all the times we say fuck in this episode with a, a, a duck quacking, if you're, if you're okay with that. So, so the reason you just heard a duck quacking is because I'm asking Jeff, Jeff, put in a duck. The other thing is if we can do the uh, occasionally do the chimp screech, uh, that's one of my favorites. I actually said fuck, F-U-C-T. Oh, 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 well, yeah. you're getting ahead of us then. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about the apparel brand, fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> with a sneeze at the end. F-U-C-T. Yeah, so Justice Elena Kagan, one of the more junior justices. And by the way, I believe I visited the Supreme Court when I was back in D.C. one time and got a a little bit of a backstage tour. But apparently the the junior justice is the one who's responsible for supervising the cafeteria. And so everybody loved Justice (laughs) Kagan because she um, she really took care of making sure the cafeteria was up to speed. So are you (laughs) implying that Justice Kagan looks like a lunch lady to you? I'm not implying it. I'm just saying it. Chris Farley in a hairnet. (laughs) That's funny. I literally watched that last night. That's such a weird coincidence. Oh, yeah. It is. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. But yeah, Justice Kagan said she wrote the opinion for the majority. And they're talking about a clothing brand, which you can now buy. 
um, you're welcome. You can sponsor the show. Just uh, send an email to Jeff at Verboten Productions with your uh, proposal. The brand name is pronounced as four letters, one after the other, F-U-C-T. And then she talks about how you're supposed to pronounce it, which is, I think, Fukit. <laughs> and then she goes on, Justice Kagan says, but you might read it differently. And if so, you'd hardly be alone. She says it's been described as the equivalent of the past participle form of a well-known word of profanity. Shit, right? E- no. <laughs> It's pronounced uh, like a city in Thailand. City, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like the stuff you get that's that um you get um you know in a bowl and it comes with bra. Fuh. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for yeah. clearing this up. Uh huh. Maybe you could pronounce that city in Thailand for us too. Uh, I think it's fuck it. Close enough. Okay. I I didn't know you were just calling quits on the show tonight. (laughs) The case of Iancu versus Brunetti isn't a case about the First Amendment so much as it is a case about trademark because the respondent in the case, the respondent is the person who um, was opposing the um, US Trademark Office. He sought registration of a trademark, F U C T. So he, he tried to trademark this brand name, F-U-C-T, and the Patent Trademark Office, the PTO, denied his application under a portion of the Lanham Act, which is the, the Lanham Act is the... Um, we know what the Lanham Act is, Bill. <laughs> now, don't get dirty, Griffin. <laughs> oh, Griffin, by the way, folks, recently married Griffin, so I'm sure yeah. the Lanham Act is, uh, you know, all around Griffin's apartment. They're Lanham yeah. Act here, Lanham Act there. Yes, I'm very familiar with this. I'm not Googling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You don't want to do that. Um, but the Lanham Act doesn't allow registration of trademarks that are immoral or scandalous, um, is, the, I, is the language. Can I say one thing? I think it's like, especially ironic. I don't know all the details with like IP law and stuff like that. But that this guy, his beef was that he was, he was losing money because people were knocking off his brand. And if you Google his clothing, all of it is knockoffs of different logos, like the Ford logo and all these different, like it's all parody other logos. So it's like, well, you're doing the same thing to all these other companies, but still sponsor the show. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, well, it's a parody of a parody of a parody. And so I'm just going to take like a little, like a little um, meta, meta, meta moment. And the the image that you sent around before the show, um, Griffin, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, with the F-U-C-T Ford logo working out that someone else made a meme out of. We're going to make that into our, um, into our cover art for this episode and come and get me, come and get me <laughs> because I know fair use and I've seen it. That's, and I know it when I see it, that's fair use. So, uh, so that'll be our, that'll be our cover art. So if you look at this, this episode's cover art, you'll see what I'm talking about. That I'll have the, uh, the logo. Uh, what Griffin's talking about, how it's the Ford logo and God bless her, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I haven't been struck down by lightning yet. Um, but the, the he brought a First Amendment challenge uh, to the immoral, immoral or scandalous bar in the in the federal circuit court, which is the one that's located in D.C. <clears throat> because the uh, and the federal circuit court said, yeah, that provision of the law um, doesn't stand because it violates the First Amendment. Um, as a prior restraint on free speech. In other words, the, the government is saying, 
we're going to protect this type of speech, but we're going to look at things that are immoral and scandalous, and we're not going to protect that type of speech. You, you can't register, you know, words like <laughs> motherfucker, God, <laughs> you know, and, and, and racial slurs and things like that. And so that's the reason for the provision is it, you don't want people patenting, you know, things that are disgusting. Billy, the audience is going to hear duck sounds from that last sentence, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jeff is like, Jeff is awesome with the, um, you should listen to the episode with my son. He's very creative with the, uh, the bleep outs. So it's probably going to be <laughs> some audio magic. Um, so I'm reading, sorry, this is just a quick side note. I'm re- rereading uh, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls right now. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you've read that book before, but the dialogue, he wasn't allowed to use swear words in the dialogue. So it says obscenity. Uh, in 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 place of like whatever swear what it would have been, and he does it. It seems like hundreds of times. He's just like, <laughs> like he just says the word obscenity, or he uses the word like I, f- I forget the other placeholders he has. Anyways, it's very distracting. <laughs> yeah. like, I want them to do a reprint with just like all the fucks and, <laughs> and bastards. And oh yeah. <laughs> Hell sh- yeah. Yeah, it's just not <laughs> the same book as I think it would have been. You know that we have we all know what. The- are though right oh yeah i had them this morning that's why i stay so thin <laughs> yeah griffin is not allowed uh, in the taco bell uh, so can... anymore pictures up in every taco bell if you look for it it's in the bathroom yeah those are the toilets with like handles on the side so you can just like <laughs> <laughs> get a little bit of lift this is oh like an escape pod. Yeah. God, we are 12 years old, right? Can I, well, can I have another quick 12 aside? <laughs> uh, had used a bidet a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. uh, a rental property where we got married, had a bidet. And since then, it's ruined me because the bidet <laughs> is so much better than a normal toilet. And if there's like an uh, American franchise of fast food that should adopt bidets in their bathrooms before any other, I think it's Taco Bell. Like, I think like that was the only expand business. Yeah. But you know, it's going to be Chick-fil-A, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be Chick-fil-A. Yeah. They're all the kind of beat them to it. They're such a progressive company. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, we got to get, we got to get the bidets in there. Well, they'll install them on a Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) How do we get this to work? How do we get Taco Bell to sponsor the podcast and adopt uh, bidets into their bathrooms? Oh God. I don't know. We have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of listeners. So, so I'm sure one of our listeners has high connections up. At, is a is Yum Brands? Is Taco Bell Yum Brands? Or is that that's KFC and Green? I Burrito, think it's right? Yum Brands. Yeah. You know anybody there? Uh, I think the no. I used to work for a law firm that maybe had them as a client. Mm, something maybe it was a long time ago. So in those cases, how often was diarrhea brought up? Often. <laughs> Every often. case was just Every single case was just like, just like, you know, oh, well, we got another diarrhea case. Better put the clerk on it. <laughs> so, yeah, just had like a diarrhea litigation department. Hey man, it's a niche. Someone's, someone's going to do it. It is. It's personal branding. These days, every, it's, you know, people want the expert, right? You can find yeah. anybody that's anything. So people want like the deep dive, like narrow, narrow expert. Right. Diarrhea the clerk. Yeah. There it is. If you've been injured by explosive diarrhea in a Taco Bell bathroom, you need a real fighter. Hi, 
I'm attorney Steve Gorman, the law tiger. I used to be the law shark, but I got sued by the Lanham Act police because it was obscene. The law tiger. 1-800-L-A-W-T-I-G-R-R-R. <laughs> yeah. And then a flush. And flush. It's a narrow, narrow, narrow expertise, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So the, <clears throat> so the Supreme Court of the United States, excellent bathrooms in the Supreme Court building, by the way. Um, that's an addition by um, Justice Kavanaugh, actually. As the second most junior justice on the court now, he's in charge of bathrooms. Billy, are you implying that Justice Kavanaugh looks like a janitor to you? <laughs> Justice Kavanaugh, who does not listen to this podcast, I'm quite sure of it. Justice Kavanaugh looks like every <laughs> in high school that would grab a freshman by the feet and like put their head into it and be like, nah, nah, nah. he's like the third guy in Biff's in Biff's little gang, the one that wears the 3D glasses. That's just as Kavanaugh. He's like the guy who doesn't have the balls to actually bully anybody. He just like stands by you like, he's like, yeah, go get him. Yeah, go get him. That's just as Kavanaugh. He's such a little. Actually, Billy, and- uh, Justice Kavanaugh is my new father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, very sorry, Justice Kavanaugh. I just got word because I get word that Justice Kavanaugh is planning on sponsoring this podcast and bring it to an audience of over 400 million. <laughs> what say you, Billy? Uh, I'm sorry I don't advertise on Parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Actually, Not yet. did you know that Parlor is actually supposed to be Parler, which is the French word for speaking? Oh, weird. Yeah. I, it's for speaking? Isn't yeah, it parlay. brought up a bunch of times in Pirates of the Caribbean? Parlay, yeah, it's parlay. Like parlay. parlay. Yeah, like um, it's like a negotiations. Parlay. So you do pirate law as well. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this guy. Dialogue. If you've been attacked by a, by a lonesome pirate in the middle of the streets of Cleveland, Ohio, where the Seattle Space Needle is located, you need a real fighter. I like Call this the guy. law honey badger. totally so the lanham act sorry griffin i apologize to your new wife about that just keep bringing up the lanham act but so i still don't know what the lanham act is oh the lanham act is for trademarks okay it's basically it's a it's a business competition act that allows you to own um, like a symbol or like a trademark or, you know, intellectual property law. So separate from, you know, you have copyright protects works that are fixed in a tangible means of expression, like a podcast or a, or a work of music, a book, a novel, poem, things like that. And then you have patent protects inventions, things like a Rode Procaster mic or, a, you know, an iPhone. And then you have trademark law, which protects a business name. And so there is soft trademark and registered trademark. Soft trademark is when you use it in commerce. So laying down the law, you could say has a soft trademark because it's, it's out there in commerce. I haven't registered it with the copyright office because, you know, it's profane. <laughs> but no, in this case, the reason that the, they're talking about the Lanham Act is that Brunetti wanted to get a federal trademark on the word F-U-C-T. Right. So he could sell clothing. And so he could put, you know, keep other people from competing with him 
and copying his design. So, so if someone exactly copied, for example, to use the Ford logo that says F-U-C-T instead of Ford, mm-hmm. if you design that, that could be a new work of art that could be protected by copyright law, but it wouldn't necessarily be protected under trademark law. Okay. Because if someone else could do it and, and it would be, you know, they could vary it or remix it in a way that would be fair use mm-hmm. or would be non-infringing. But once you register a trademark, then you own that word or that phrase or whatever, you know, like the, that's why the greatest example of, of trademark is the Super Bowl. You know, they always talk in other ads are like, you know, for the big game, get your bag of chips and your beer because you're going to have your big game party on big game Sunday. And people are always like, why is it big game? Because the word Super Bowl is a trademarked word owned by the NFL, which is also trademarked. And so you can't use it in an ad for another product without registering and paying them for it. Mm. Right. Trademark law. Yeah. There's a lot of different kinds of protection in the Lanham Act, but there was basically a provision said you can't trademark a word that's immoral or scandalous because F-U-C-T sounds like the word fact or looks like the words fact, not, not the quack. This is just your Tarantino episode. This is the one that has the most. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is your Blink-182. <laughs> Whoa, that's a deep cut reference. Yeah, um, if you get that reference, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, I, Billy, I, oh, I know Blink 182, but I don't get the reference. 182 is the amount of times I believe uh, Al Pacino swore or said the F word in Scarface. In Scarface. I think so. That makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, the only thing I know about Scarface is um, people putting its poster on their dorm wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly. the only thing I know about it is like, is like, if you put Scarface poster on your dorm wall, that says, I like beer. <laughs> yeah. I, I guarantee you Justice Kavanaugh had a Scarface poster, possibly two. Oh God. Did you hear about the time that, that Justice Kavanaugh got in a fight with somebody because he thought he was the lead singer of UB40? And the guy said, I'm not the lead singer of the UB40. And he literally got in a fight with the guy in a bar oh my god yeah Wait, he's what, like what? just as Ka- they went to a ub40 concert right and just as kavanaugh well he was brett just brett then brett yeah. he <laughs> brett right and he's like dude you're the lead singer of ub40 and the guy's like i'm not the lead singer of ub40 you totally are you're the lead singer of ub40 this fight amazing. how was this not brought up during his his hearings i think it came up but the problem is like the problem is just like when there's just a flood of noise it's mm. hard to it's hard to get down to that layer unless you're really really following that is so idiot. you know and i'm thinking to myself there's a slim to remote chance that if i play my cards right in my career you know i could be end up in front of these people so i'm kind of interested professionally mm. um you know i but the thing is that the the you be 40 right those, yes. These people are UB40. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm playing. planning on auditioning. They, You're they, getting I, really good. Yeah. It's like the um, you know, when they needed a new lead, lead singer for in excess, they had like the whole reality show. I'm gonna go on a reality show, become the new lead singer of UB40. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin, this is a good moment to see if uh if your wife, Master Smellier, I believe the word is pronounced, mm-hmm. can uh help Billy choose some red red wine for his audition. Ooh. Oh, no, that's, you know, I wasn't, I was trying to get my audio set up when you guys were talking about um, uh, Griffin's wife being a sommelier. Can, can you guys uh, just fill me in on this? Uh... Yeah, uh, she, she's a, she's a sommelier. She uh, has her second level, I think, credential. 
And so she's doing stuff right now for wine.com, among other things. Is this uh, the point yeah. at which you stop working? Huh? Is yeah. this the point at which you stop working? Or is it third level Smoye? Uh Yeah, third <laughs> level's probably more. I think third level is maybe the master one. I'm okay. not completely sure. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's very interesting. She has all her books and stuff about uh, all the descriptors and things. She like she'll use words like um, this smells like uh, asphalt after a summer's rain. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's what she always says after they do the Lanham Act. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I still don't know what this <laughs> Lanham Act is. <laughs> um. So yeah, so she's good at tasting wine. That's awesome. That's yeah. a really, that's a really, uh, a really fun, uh, fun side note. I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah, she can write off wine that she buys and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Can she write off other people's wine? Possibly. If she, maybe she's educating them. Uh huh. She's teaching a class or something, but I don't know. So where should our listeners tweet at if they want to, you know, get some sommelier or 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 eat? Oh, I don't think she has a Twitter yeah. anymore or she probably doesn't remember that. Is it okay with, wait, wait, hold on. Do you need to pause this and make sure it's okay with, with her that you mentioned all this stuff? No, no, not, it's not like don't okay. talk about wine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is in the twenties or something. Um, no, I don't, I don't know where, I mean, I Instagram, <laughs> but if random people started like adding her on Instagram and saying like, Hey, what's a good, uh, you know, California red that I can buy for an affordable price. She'd be like, who is this person? So I don't know if it'll help. Oh my God. That is so funny. Yeah. The prior case that they were interpreting in Iancu versus Brunetti. Oh, by the way, Iancu is the undersecretary of commerce for intellectual property and the director of the U S patent and trademark office. In case anybody cares. Or is it uh, Iancu? Iancu. Yeah, we yeah. Both- this is yeah. for the listeners, right? Because yeah, for, yeah, yeah, it's not for, the, for us. For this, the serious trademark uh, scholars who are who are still listening, <laughs> <laughs> right? Including Justice Kavanaugh. Oh, Justice Kavanaugh! Justice Kavanaugh's like, he's like, I can't stand that guy. Aren't you going to sing a UB forty song, Billy? Wasn't that part of the, the plan? Yeah. UB40, I think I only know one song and it is um, Girls Just Want to Have Wine. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. I believe that's what it is. True. That was also a legal case. I think that was the opinion of the majority. Yeah, it was. It is hereby held. We hold, therefore, that girls just want to have wine. Mm-hmm. By the way, just like a rant thought, do you guys ever go around like home goods? Or, well, you're married now, Griffin. I'm sure you do. Go around home goods or um, TJ Maxx and go to the, the decor section. Mm-hmm. One of my obsessions, this is an obsession of my son and I, is the wine promoting home decor. Yeah. Like, like it's wine o'clock somewhere. Time to <laughs> unwind. Yeah. All the casual- Got a problem? Wine a little. Yeah. All the casual alcoholism things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like I bought I bought my wife now wine socks a while ago just as a Christmas present. Uh like just a random like stocking stuffer. And she's like, okay, I have like there's <laughs> things. Like they say something on the bottom, like, if you can read this, I've had too much wine. <laughs> like that. And it's like, uh, yeah, there's nothing else. They don't have like these kind of things for like heroin. Oh my god. <laughs> for heroin. <laughs> you can't like make 
Wine's a much easier thing to make friendly and casual and playful. Seriously, seriously. Um, Alcohol abuse is no joke. There are chapters of AA everywhere. Okay, if we care about this case at all. (laughs) (laughs) There is a prior case called Metal versus Tam, which invalidated a different provision of the Lanham Act, the one where Griffin smells like roasted tobacco afterward. (laughs) The ban on registering trademarks that disparage any person living or dead. So disparaging trademark is invalid on First Amendment grounds as well because it limits someone's freedom of speech. Like a little side trip into the First Amendment. Like I said, I got a a B in con law, so I did okay. If I got any of this wrong, you know, just tweet at Max Hedrum-esque and say, dude, you don't know anything about constitutional law. And I'll say, I know. i do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the government can restrict speech on a viewpoint neutral basis. If you say like, we're not going to allow anyone to have any kind of demonstration in the park because uh, for safety reasons or whatever, that's a rational basis to restrict speech. Okay. Or we're going to say, we're going to require everybody to have a permit regardless of their point of view where the government gets into trouble and violates the First Amendment is when it says these views, we're not going to allow people to express these views. People like the ACLU and PEN America are out always protecting the people with the unpopular, the minority views, or the things that a lot of people might find offensive. We want to protect speech around the extremes because we believe as a society that the First Amendment makes this policy choice that the more speech there is, the the better it is. And we want to protect as much speech as possible. And the solution to speech we don't like is more speech, not shutting people down from speaking. Whoever thinks more speech is better, obviously, has never been to my house. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody so, who thinks more speech going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in the future, everybody will have a podcast, which is why I'm soon going to have two podcasts because I don't want to be like everybody else. <laughs> so the court holds in this case, Ianco versus Brunetti, that this immoral or scandalous provision also discriminates on viewpoint neutrality because the patent trademark office is determining what language is immoral and what language is scandalous. And that's someone's perspective or point of view. There isn't a uniform understanding of what's immoral or scandalous. I know when I see it. So, you know, expressive material is considered immoral when it's inconsistent with rectitude, purity, or good morals, wicked or vicious. The Lanham Act allows people to register marks that champion society's sense of rectitude and morality, but does not protect marks that denigrate rectitude and morality. And material scandalous when it gives offense to the conscience or moral feeling or excites reprobation or calls out condemnation. Those are all scandalous things. So the reasoning of the court here is the Lanham Act allows you to register a trademark with messages that are consistent with having a good conscience or consistent with being inoffensive. But when they defy or they are against society's sense of decency or propriety, then the law is basically saying things that promote this set of values you can trademark and make money off of and things that promote this set of values you can't promote and make money off of. And so that because the law is distinguishing on the ideas or the nature of the speech is in violation of the first amendment protection of free speech. And so this viewpoint bias in the law has a result. Let me just stop because you guys got quiet. This is a great time to talk about fart.org. 
Fart.org. Yeah. Talk about fart.org. Yeah, Jay, yeah. you allowed to talk about this? I'm under a non-disclosure agreement at this point. I'm typing it into my um I'm talking typing it in my browser, fart.org. Jay was very close to obtaining the rights to the domain fart.org. <laughs> was it fart.org or fart.com? Definitely an org. We're uh, we, we give back. <laughs> it's not i'm gonna tell you it's not resolving for anything it's just it's just spinning let me see what fart.com goes see i think someone bought up fart like all the fart dots and then like they just like they sit on it and they don't use it and they just wait for someone stupid enough to come by and buy it i'm like jay got a price or something because a friend of his was maybe willing to do it uh-huh. uh it like 25 yeah. or something for fart. <laughs> Those uh, are the yeah exactly completely oh would have been worth it Oh yeah, fart.com is just is just a model of web design too. It is just <laughs> <laughs> this is just like this is like 1994 Netscape. I just like wait like 10 minutes for this to dial up on my 1440 modem while everyone else is waiting to make a phone call. This is great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, fart.com is just jokes. Netscape. I don't understand these jokes. <laughs> I just got blocked. <laughs> Uh, I've given up. Anyways, yeah. Sorry, sorry, we got quiet. I was. Oh, no. uh, I'm trying to make sense of all this stuff. All right, so I just I'm backing up. So the point is that the law is view is not viewpoint neutral. It's not viewpoint neutral. So it's the justices get to decide what and what is not moral. The the justices say that the law is wrong because the law says that the government's deciding which speech is right and which speech is wrong. Right, which you can profit off and which you can't. Right. So you have the First Amendment, that's the supreme law of this land. So any law that conflicts with the U.S. Constitution is deemed invalid. The Supreme Court interprets the U.S. Constitution. And then you have the law, the Lanham Act, um, which is a federal... Now I'm never going to say the Lanham Act again without laughing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can edit out the laugh break. <laughs> no, I think the laughter's... <laughs> keep, keep this. Oh, we're keeping it in for sure. So the the Lanham Act is a federal law passed by Congress, signed by the president. And then you have Brunetti, who wants to register this trademark. And then Iancu, who gets sued just because, you know, it's his job to get sued um, for the trademark office. Mm -hmm. So the first layer is the court saying this law violates the Constitution because it makes a judgment about what's scandalous and what's immoral and what isn't. And we're going to allow you to register trademarks for things that are not scandalous, like a gospel choir printed on your t-shirt, you know, it says like gospelchoir.com, you know, or whatever, but won't let you register fart.com because fart.com is a trademark because it's scandalous, you know, or whatever. Someone might find it offensive. Mm-hmm. So there's another layer behind that, which is not only does the statute violate the First Amendment because it has a facial bias judging what's scandalous and immoral and what isn't. But then there's an application of the law that also violates the First Amendment. So you have a government official, Iancu and his minions, are deciding what is scandalous and what's immoral. I mean, I think fart.com is a great example. If Jay was to try to register the trademark fart.com and be the first to register it and profit off of that and you know, print t-shirts and hats and stuff, someone would have to decide, is fart.com indecent, improper, immoral, obscene, or is it fine? Does it, the words were champion society's sense of rectitude and morality. By the way, rectitude is one of those words that doesn't sound like what it means. (laughs) 
it's, it means righteousness, but it doesn't sound yeah. like that at all. It yeah. sounds like what it sounds right. like what happens after like, you know. Yeah, like a prolapsed anus. Sounds like a even fancier word for <laughs> prolapsed anus. That's you. Like the bad attitude one gets after that occurs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't bring that rectitude in this house. That's right. <laughs> That's like this reminds me of when I bought my new car and stuff and was registering it. All the license plates that are banned that you can't have for like vanity plates. Uh-huh. You can't do the poop. You can't do oh, you can't do dragon balls. You got to you can't do got to pee. You can't do McBoob. <laughs> <laughs> See, I well, actually, what website are you on? This I actually think in the chat. that um, just Arizona. So you might be able to do McBoob in California. If there's anyone at the ACLU listening, I think we've got a constitutional challenge right here. I do not <laughs> think that the Arizona Department of Motor Vehicles should prevent people's expressive <laughs> speech through license plate. If I want a license plate that says McPoop, I'm damn well entitled to it. Yeah. Or just poop with four O's. Poop. Are you 18? That's another one. <laughs> Are well, that should, No, that should be banned. Scrotum in all caps. Scrotum. <laughs> that, That's that definitely going on a Dodge Charger, right? Yeah, if it was under, if it was lowercase, just scrotum. I think it wasn't too bad, but all these are, are have to be uppercase. So just spank me. Just in all caps. <laughs> Pervy, <laughs> McBoob. Yeah, there's definitely a case there, Billy. Oh if yeah. You know people in Arizona. Yeah, if there are any constitutional lawyers in Arizona who want to take a case pro bono to the United States Supreme Court, Griffin would like a license plate yeah. that says Lanham Act. <laughs> I think the McBoob clan of Scotland would be quite keen to know that they cannot exercise their constitutional right to identify themselves on their vehicle mm-hmm. via their license plate. Absolutely. Yeah, identify their limo brand of McBoob 1, McBoob 2, McBoob 3. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh man, I think that's a ripe for a constitutional challenge. I think that's exactly the kind of case that Justice Kavanaugh would want to write the majority opinion for. <laughs> right. Well, do, is just, Mac boob acceptable, not McBoob? I'm sorry, but preferential treatment. <laughs> I am just going to relentlessly trash Justice Kavanaugh on this podcast. I don't really care. I just, How about I just the O-boob relentless. clan? The O-apostrophe boob. <laughs> oh, well, those are, I mean, that's in Gallic, so it would be O-boob. 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 <laughs> for those at home referring to the shorthand for the booby, which is the type of bird. That's right. Yeah, that comes that's from, right. and this is a Scottish variant of that. That's right. Science. Oh, we did a whole Scottish thing the last time you guys were on. Remember that? Yeah. We got, we got I think we're just going to keep that going. We got in the last names, too. So it's weird synchronicity again. It's weird. Well, two episodes. Well, you know, I think my brain is like a closed circle. And there's just like certain places that I go, like Coit Tower. I just keep like, you know, Alcatraz. <laughs> Full house. Fort Mason. Geardale. I'm just back. I just only go visit certain places. My wife is a neuroscientist, calls it a it says I need to work on my positive neural plasticity. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So get right. out of those grooves. Right. Yeah. Challenge myself to think in new ways. She would probably prescribe you some oxytocin, I presume. Um, well, she's not that kind of a doctor. She's a PhD. But uh, you can buy her book, Insight into a Bright Mind, at insightbook.store. Dr. Nicole Tatro. Now I picture your guys' fights like this is what she says to you. Like, uh, 
neuroscientist saying this kind of stuff like you need to change the pathways in your brain billy like it's not just just obscenities being thrown out it's like she's getting down to like yeah it's pretty much right that's she is she is much 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 smarter than i am and so what I've learned, and this is a, uh, so as a guy's been married for a while to a newlywed, I, I've learned the rule of improv also applies in marriage, which is surrender early. You're going to lose. So just get to it. Just surrender. <laughs> you're outmatched. <laughs> just surrender. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I had a, uh, maybe I already shared the story, but we visited family on the East coast and they were like, I think it was my granddad's sister's family. I don't know what that would be, second cousins or something. And one of them was a brain surgeon. And like, we were all kids going to see, they had like a beautiful house in Rhode Island and stuff, like right on the water. And we were having dinner and my sister was like, she was maybe, I don't know, 10 or something. She's like, see her brain surgeon. That must be like really gross, like seeing people's brains. And he just like really quietly and, and seriously just said, no, the brain is a beautiful organ. <laughs> totally quiet at the dinner table and it took a while for the discussion to recover and it's like okay well anyways it seemed like a total like yeah i don't know like, yeah that's like in, that's some intensity right there yeah but if you see people's brains on a regular basis like yeah it'd be cool uh, <laughs> just, brain surgeon like oh well i think the problem is like it's really hard <laughs> to find different. any common ground with that it's like it's like you it's yeah. hard to yes and it's uh-huh. like the brain is a beautiful organ you're like yeah, I've been working at Mervyn's. There's a lot of nice soccer cleats. Did so- you know that 31 Flavors actually has 32 flavors? They never caught up. They never give any credit to the flavor of the month. <laughs> the government protected the statute. So Ianku, we said, we got we to gotta fight for this. We're going to defend the law. It says the statute can be looked at in a different way. So it's a construction of a statute. So it's just how you consider it or how you construe it, how you read it that removes the viewpoint bias. And that is if it says that you narrow the interpretation to to only disallow marks that are offensive or shocking because of their mode of expression, independent of any views they may express. So the trademark office would only refuse um, trademarks that are lewd, sexually explicit, or profane. The Supreme Court says that doesn't work. Because again, you can't cut the statute off there. Basically, they say, you got to go back to Congress. Congress needs to fix this and come up with a different definition. We can't just change the law to make it something different so that it survives. So they're basically saying that might work, but, but that's not our job. That's, that's Congress. It's, it seems like so much time is going by, but this guy's selling his fuck shirts out in front of the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. Every day while, this, while the court's in session. I mean, it's the greatest advertising uh, blitz ever. Uh-huh. So Kagan, Justice Thomas, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, bless her, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh all agreed. Alito concurred. Roberts and Breyer concurred and dissented. Sotomayor concurred in part and dissented in part and Breyer joined Sotomayor. So my target audience for this podcast, one of the people that I'm thinking of when I'm recording this are people who are going through it. I went through first year of law school and it's just totally confusing and overwhelming. And the, the thing that's so difficult about constitutional law is that every opinion or every court opinion, there's not one opinion. This one, there are, there's the opinion of the court. That's the majority. Then there's Alito's concurrence 
So Alito agrees in the result, but he has a different reason. Um, Roberts and Breyer concur in part and dissent in part. So they agree with some of it and they disagree with other parts. And then Sotomayor and Breyer agree in part and dissent in part. So they, they agree with part of it and they don't agree with part of it. So you have to, in order to understand what this case says, you have to read one, two, three, four different interpretations of what the decision is and basically puzzle out like which part of the decision, how many votes does which part of this, it's, it's uh, mind boggling. They must go through so much paper. Like, it's, oh, it's, it's like all the paper wasted by law firms and stuff, you know? Oh Sending yeah. Documents around and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's so, why I think the law profession, Billy, I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to last. I think no. it's just, it is not sustainable. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's all going to get, it's all going to get outsourced because the paper is going to be, you know, I think the green new deal actually outlaws paper. Yeah. So, that's why uh, so many legislators are hesitant. To, yeah. Like, like, what are we going to do? Get bidets? I mean, for Christ's sake. <laughs> We should all get this together. isn't France. <laughs> you know, that would be obscene. So the holding of the case, Justice Kagan says, there can be little doubt that today's decision draws a bright First Amendment line. The Supreme Court holding is an especially strong affirmance of the right of brand owners to select, use, and register marks that are distinctive, even if those marks may offend segments of the population. That's the bottom line. If you have a brand you can register it. It doesn't matter who it offends. And so some of the fallout of this is that people, after this decision was announced, basically rushed to register all kinds of offensive trademarks. Do you have any examples of those? Not to put you on the spot. I don't know the specific examples, but it would be like the seven dirty words from George Carlin. Those would all be like the first seven you'd be sending in. Oh, yeah. Jay, you have that in one of your tabs, right? George Carlin, uh, seven words. Yeah, I use a search filter for my tab, so it just says the word quack seven <laughs> times. Awesome. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits. There you go. There was a great story in one of the SNL books about how they would, they knew that the censors would catch certain things and that they'd have to compromise with them and choose something a little more mundane. So the first run of sketches, like in the 70s, they would make as obscene as possible. And then the censor, who was, I guess, always there at 8H or whatever, would be uh -huh. like, oh, we have to change this. And so, like, what they actually ended up, like, getting on TV was worse than what they, you know, would be happy with. And there was some, like, I forget what it was. I, I don't know how to find this right now. But there was some sketch that, like, the person, because it's, like, someone in their 50s or 60s, where they just don't pick up on, like, you know. They, yeah, they didn't get it. Yeah, just like language of like youth in the 70s. And there's yeah. something that they got by them where like they changed it from something mundane and pitched something as a joke. And like that sketch got on with something that was like, everyone that knew what it meant was like, how is this on live <laughs> TV? Gentlemen, sorry to interrupt, but we here at Verboten Productions fact check everything our guests say very thoroughly. The sketch that Griffin's referring to used the phrase muff diver. According to Robin Schlein in Live from New York, an uncensored story of Saturday Night Live as told by its stars, writers, and guests, the phrase Muff Diver made it to final dress rehearsal because Schlein told the network censor that Muff Diver meant someone jumping out of a second story window. But please, continue. They're like talking about the Lanham Act for hours. People are like, oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> the Lanham Act sounds like something. It sounds like the National Park's 
uh, law or something like that. Like it sounds yeah. like a picture of land. Oh, oh yeah. Like land, comma man, land man act. You know, we're trying to preserve land. You know, maybe not. Jay's giving it a lot of deep thought. I can tell. I'm thinking about the Lanolin Act. The act that requires everyone to use lanolin. <laughs> yeah, that never got through, right? You were working on that for a while, pro bono. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it just, uh, you know, basically requiring them to put it in their hair. <laughs> yeah. By the way, pro bono is also another word that sounds like something it isn't. Yeah. Right? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of porno parodies. They're, like the law porno. <laughs> Uh, genre must be pretty ripe with pro bono references. Billy, I'm not going to ask whether or not you know. I'm not going to ask. No, it's just silence. <laughs> yeah. Like the disco move, like a guy walking in with a big collared shirt. <laughs> Hello, I am French. Do you want to do the Lanham Act with me, young gentleman? Bam. It sounds like it could be like a uh, new law classes for kids, like for people that like, they're just trying to make law more accessible. So <laughs> how do we appeal to kids? Well, we got to dumb this shit down. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, there's way too many words. People get so lost in their first year. A lot of them don't come back. Yeah. Start podcasts to encourage kids in their first year of, of law school. That's why we're here. I aim to serve this podcast is 100% pro bono, except for the excessive consideration paid to Team Fast with EXP Realty in the Frisco, San Francisco area bay of California. Please reach out for anyone who has any real estate questions. You ready for this, Jay? Uh, no. <laughs> Which means yes. Okay. Yes, and. Yes, and. <laughs> We open on a title card, Sommelier, the movie. It fades to black. It's an old black and white picture. A tall glass of water stands by the bar. I, uh, I'm writing my first review for, I just got my SOM certification level two, no big deal. And excuse me, barkeep, I was just wondering, I, I have no other way to describe this wine, but it being sh but I know that we can't print that in our Wine Weekly. I just got a job with Wine Weekly. Oh, I know congratulations. I Thank you. I know I can't call it, but I can't, I'm just racking my mind. I can't think of any other word to call it that would be printable. All these. Have you tried manure? This wine tastes like manure. This Merlot reminds me of manure. I an, an earthy, how about an, an earthy rancid manure? Earthy rancid manure. This Merlot is like an earthy rancid. I, it doesn't have the pop of shit. I appreciate you helping. I, I just assume that you're a barkeep. And, As you know. Right. And you probably hear a lot of obscenities. Um, do you have something that's maybe just four letters, nice and quick, that can be used for shit? that people will know what it is, but you know, it won't draw too much attention. I don't, my editors will, will definitely uh, pick up on right away. How about Z-H-I-C? Z-H-I-C. 
Zish. Is that another language? It's Czech. Oh. As you know, uh, I, I, since you come here every day, as you know, I came here from Czechoslovakia many years ago and worked That's very right. hard at getting rid of my accent. Yeah, and you just barely have it. it. It mostly comes out when you're just a little tipsy. Right, right. When I say words like shiz. Right, right. And God, I guess one of the reasons I'm asking you this is because you, a, a, a Czech individual, you, you have an interesting last name, and I've never known how to pronounce it. It's it, pronounced shitfunky. Shit, okay. Because people, I've heard a couple different people say it's shitfunky. And now I'm glad that I asked because yes, I, yes. Don't wanna, I don't want to upset you. I, but why I drove by and stopped at this place because I drove by and said, does that sign say shit funky? <laughs> oh God, what is this place? Well, I've trademarked the word shivonky. Shivonky. And how do you, you spell Sh it? Z-H-Q-R. Right. M-L-T-B. Okay, I don't know why I thought that said shit funky. I guess it's because the cursive is so loopy. It just, it, maybe this is a marketing decision. It looks like it said shit funky. But I, I assume you've heard every joke in the book about this and that, you know, stupid Americans and such. Um, but uh, you don't have any, any euphemisms for besides, I don't know why I can't think of it. Poop, this wine tastes like poop. That sounds kind of childish. Ah, oh, God. We cut to the newsroom of the wine magazine. The busy editor at his desk, he looks stressed out, typing on a typewriter. Um, hi, Mr. Daniels, you wanted to see me? Yes, as you can see, I'm struggling with my word choice here. Yes, and uh, I'm sure you read my article, I, I did as well. <laughs> Mr. Frank Lynn, I don't know how quite to put this, aside from the fact that I'm struggling with my word choice. Mm -hmm. Your review was just simply obscenities um, without following any rules of grammar whatsoever. Uh, which, uh, it was obscenities? Entirely. <laughs> well, I, when you hired me on a week ago, you knew that I kind of come with a fresh perspective and... Um, uh, I, you know, I, I put in all the asterisks, <clears throat> sorry, I'm a little nervous. I, I didn't think you'd have this reaction. I thought that you wanted a fresh perspective on wine. I thought you wanted kind of like how people stop talking the streets and such. I know we can't print these words, but I think people get the gist. Is it the illustrations? You didn't like the illustrations too? The illustrations were images from a medical textbook. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I thought people get the gist that the wine was, <laughs> but I, don't, I think they had to see it too, you know, for our, uh, you know, people that maybe don't read, but they still like wine to see uh, a medical illustration of someone, um, uh, their ass into a wine glass, I thought was very helpful and educational. You know, you know what you're getting when you're buying this Merlot. Well, Mr. Franklin, fr frankly, no pun intended, Wine Spectator did that last month. That was her cover image. Oh, Jesus, I should have known. I... The lights fade up on a newsstand. It's noir. A man is wearing a long trench coat in the corner. 
Have you got last month's wine, Spectator? Uh, yeah, pal. Let me check here. Let's see last month's. We got wine spectator. We got wine enthusiast. Uh, we got spectator of wine. We got uh, we got winos for wine. We got uh, let's see, caliphs, reds, and whites. We oh wait, wine spectator. That's the first one I looked at. Here you go. There you go. That's the April issue. Oh, another 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 one with someone taking a dump into a glass of wine. Yeah. Well, what about that one in the corner? It's wine o'clock somewhere. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, this one? This is nice. There's someone barfing into a, a carafe of wine. That's actually not bad. I've had this wine. It, it, it did make uh, me and my children barf. They're all of age. Uh, but, you know, uh, it still brought us quite a bit of comfort. My wife died a year ago. Unrelated. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. I've been coming here for a year now, and I, I was wondering where that beautiful ray of sunshine had gone. Matilda, her name was, yes? Matilda was the name, yes. God rest her soul. Um, she actually, uh, she died in a, uh, in a newsy accident. You see it down in the corner. She's tossing out newspapers. Extra, extra, read all about it. Oh, my God. A newsy accident. It's a very she, dangerous profession, sir. It was beautiful. She was young. She had her whole life ahead of her. Oh, the humanity. Yes. Less and less us, us, us uh, news sellers. Our, our industry is dying off more and more. It's these people walk around with these uh, iPads and they got the computers on the phones. Yeah, when I lost my Matilda. Oh, Matilda. I said, I will bring back newspapers myself and I will bring back wine literature myself. No more people checking newsletters on the phones. No more people Googling this and that. People want to hold obscene wine literature in their hands and look through the illustrations of people, you know, uh, two girl and one cupping a uh, 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 nice glass of Sauvignon Blanc. You know what I'm saying, sir? You understand. You come here every day. I'm just looking for that one niche wine magazine that's going to redefine wine literature. Oh, um, have you tried Wine Weekly? This thing comes out, I think it comes out every week. Oh, now that's innovative. That's different. Yes. I will say they do have trouble filling some of the pages because a weekly wine uh, periodical is, uh, that period is too short to have, you know, good quality. Uh, but if you want to try something new, why don't you uh, give this a shot? I'll take two copies. One for me and one for my cat. Oh, fantastic. I'm not judging at all. That's $16.95. Here you go. All right. So Wine Weekly is a hit. Guys, I think we're doing something right. Um, we have gotten some complaints on, um, it seems like an arm race of obscenities used to describe wine. A lot of the illustrations, we are having to sell our, our weekly periodical in a paper bag now. Uh, but, you know, we're doing pretty good. Uh, honestly, this was going to be a tax write-off. I kind of invested in this company as a joke, but you guys are killing it. Well, yeah. well thank you. I, I appreciate that, sir. I wanted to take credit for the, the, the magazine and the wine bag idea. The idea was that you read it, uh, you buy the wine, and you drink out of the same bag. 
it's amazing. You can also barf into the same bag. That was incredible. I think that's been a big part of our success. Uh, you know, that's why you hired me. I think outside the bag. <laughs> okay. Very. You know, boss, I'm just, I'm just a little bit off. Okay. Because I've been, oh, this guy again, Okay, I've been, I've been working here for over a year and you keep killing all my ideas. I wanted to do the paper dolls cut out scenes. You said, no, I wanted no. to do the, the, the pornographic wine glass issue special. You said, no, I wanted to do the, the mysterious wines of Transylvania fold out expo expose. You said, no, I don't even know why I'm working here anymore. You haven't paid me in six months. Honestly, I did not know that you were employee. I kept saying, why does this guy keep submitting story? We haven't paid him at all. As long as I've been here. Um, now this makes a lot more sense. Uh, okay. Well, um, I'm just saying you're sending out a magazine with like disgusting things on the first 10 pages, then 10 blank pages yeah, and then no, three pages of ad. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, you could give me like two of them. Of ads. No, you two, can guys get some ad sales going. We'll happy to hire you on as an ad sales guy. We need an ad sales guy. We are having trouble filling some of these pages. I will admit we have too many pages for notes. I don't know if people are using these for notes. Well, I, I did have a, I did have a suggestion. I have some contacts high up at, at Home Goods and TJ Maxx, oh. and they're looking to move their wine-themed housewares a little more rapidly. If you know people at AGTJM, buddy, your stock is rising in this company. I <laughs> put me on the phone I, with them today. I'm going to preempt you. I've, I've been on this. As the visionary here, I'm telling you the next big trend in wine-themed houseware and decor is just simply nailing a paper bag to your wall. Okay. Well, let's put that into practice. Heard it here first. Oh, my God. Sarah, I love some of this new wine merchandise. Got her afternoon uh, white wine luncheons are so much prettier. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. God. This is just... Uh, I, this is a little carafe that's just shaped like a phallus. And it says, uh, uh, Wallows, Wallows Winos, uh, get it here. All six yeah, inches. Well, <laughs> yeah, TJ Maxx. <laughs> they're, they're definitely living up to their name. <laughs> oh, God. I should check that out. Jeez. Oh, hi, Sarah. Hi, Jessica. Sorry I'm late. Oh, no problem. Stacy with an I. Oh, my God. How oh, are you? I'm fine, Sarah. And that's Stacey, S-T-A-C-E-Y-E, -E, right? You just changed it again? Legally, yes. Okay, good. Maybe we can decide on a spelling and just stick with it. Yeah, you've had I like five to keep spellings it fresh. this month. I like yeah. to keep it fresh. I like to keep it fresh. And speaking of keeping it fresh, I have the most exciting, exciting wine merch I'm selling. It's part of a multi-level marketing scheme. And I mean, uh, arrangement. And you guys could have a home business like me. Oh, is this like at, your Tupperware thing? Uh, it's, it's not like Tupperware at all. This is much, much more useful. It's called winedecor.com. Oh. Winedecor.com is, is your opportunity to become a solo entrepreneur selling wine-themed uh, decorations nationwide. But get this, ladies. If you get on in the ground floor and they get two more people to sell for you, then you'll be there upline in the genealogy and you get 20% of everything they sell. You just need to buy $500 worth of wine merchant. What did I say the website was? 
Decor. WineDecor. WineDecor.com. I'm so it's sorry. I'm so excited. Name. You keep changing your name and your website. Oh my God. <laughs> so WineDecor.com. Are you guys, are you in guys? Because this is just going to make, I'm I'm pretty sure Bob's going to be able to retire soon. God, I might be just tipsy enough to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, if this is anything like your edible Tupperware idea, those were delicious. Well, all I need to do is just get your credit card. And I have right here, I have my my pay, my pay payment app and just, well, just swipe your credit card and all the wine decor will come straight to you and you could sell it for double what you pay. Dude, done and done. Stacey, <clears throat> can, I, can I talk with you? Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, I'm glad the kids are asleep because... Uh, What's going on in the garage? It's filled with, it looks like just a bunch of party toys with white wine decor, but it's, it's covered in, fill. I see breasts, exposed breasts and uh, spread buttholes uh, with wine shooting up. What are you doing? I got you that printer thinking that, you know, you'd be using it to go and find a job and you're printing out these weird designs for towelettes and sweetie, what's going on? Oh, Bob, you know I love you. And I just want us to be able to spend more time together. And so I came up with my very own business idea. I am selling wine, pornographic wine-themed decor okay. <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> I don't I'm think sorry, this... it's just I've overcome because I'm just hoping that you can finally retire from your job at the Tupperware factory. Oh, God, we had a lot of trouble selling Tupperware to your friends. You thought you said they're all drunk bimbos. Well, they are, but but sweetie, you know, I so appreciate what you've been doing for the kids, putting in the extra shifts, making square rounds and whatnot. But I really want you home with me. And if 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 I could just, you know, get... Oh, Oh gosh, what's the name of the website? I can't remember. It's winedecor.com, I think it's called. Anyway, I'm this stuff is gonna sell like crazy. And my two friends, Sarah and Jessica, are already signed up to be my downline, which means they're gonna be selling $500 worth of merchandise, of which I get $100. So $200 is coming into our bank account within two to five business days, minus 3% for the credit card processing fee. Okay, sweetie. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you finally found something and that you're. And they make great gifts. We are going to be covered for Christmas. Your mom's birthday is just around the corner. We have. Um... No, I'm not going to give my mom a bidet that she's wine and. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm looking around at some of your products and I don't think that. I don't want to be judgmental. I, I know we talk too much about what the people down at the church think, but. Listen, Bobby came in the other day, little Bobby Jr. And he was holding, uh, it looked like a sleeveless shirt that said, sun's out, guns out. And then the back said, fun's out. And it showed spread butt cheeks. With someone drinking wine out of someone's hole. Oh, that's... <laughs> where that's, do you think of this stuff? I don't, I didn't know that I married someone that has such a diseased mind. <laughs> that's the Lanham Act set, sweetie. And you in this Lanham Act, you're obsessed with this thing. The other day I went to the computer, it's all porno puns and tabs of Wikipedia articles having to do with the Lanham Act. I, okay, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm not being supportive. 
I know I you always it. believe in me. You were so supportive when I was doing the, the fragrances and that didn't work out that great. I know we, you know, we did give your mom the same um, summer breeze lady, um, you know, business three Mother's Days in a row. But, but, you know, this is different. This is groundbreaking. Okay. <laughs> it's you know the what kind I'm... of thing nobody's ever seen before, sweetie. You're right. I'm not being supportive. Okay. I support you. I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, I'm going to, but please, please keep the garage locked when you have all that stuff in there. Uh, the kids get in everywhere. You know that. Done and done, Bob. And we go to a flea market uh, where Stacy is setting up some of her wares. People are looking by, giving her weird side glances. An old lady walks up looking at uh, a number of glasses that are shaped like large breasts. Excuse me, ma'am. What are these? Oh, um, this is part of a 10-part collectible series of quasi-pornographic wine glasses, and you could be the first owner of all 10 parts. It took me over three years to assemble this set. You can get them all for the low, low price of $7.99, over $12 savings. Well, I wouldn't want to break a set, but $800? <laughs> oh no, I meant eight dollars. Oh, okay. You can get the whole set for eight dollars. Well, let me go ask my husband. Phil? Oh, don't ask your husband. Don't ask your husband. Oh, Phil, hello, come over here. This lady. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you want? Jesus. Tell her. You have been looking for something like this for years. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. You got, you got mm. wine glasses. You, you got wine glasses. Look like. We prefer to call it the McBoob series. Oh my God, the McBoob series. Oh, oh, please. Wait, how, how much do you want for them? Uh, uh twenty-two dollars. Twenty-two dollars. Oh, that's a steal. Uh, do you take it's care? a steal, Phil. She said it was eight hundred earlier. Hey, uh, do, you, do you take checks? Um, no, but you can swipe your credit card on my iPhone. Oh, God. Uh, I don't have a credit card. I don't. Jeez, I, oh, I knew we should have gotten some checks. We should have got some cash out of the bank. All right. Well, we used to be here in 20 minutes. Oh, but I am open to bartering. Do you? Is that a is that a silver pen in your shirt pocket? Well, yes. My, my father gave me this right before he, he left for the war. I believe that. Isn't that a Cartier? It is a Cartier, good eye. 1932 airline series? It is the airline series. You can tell by the the little uh, uh, pocket keeper at the top, right? I'll give you the entire McBoob series, and I'll even throw in the Lanhamac collectibles if you would just let me hold the Cartier pen. Oh, jeez. Phil, listen to the lady. I can't. What would my father say? Uh, what am I talking about? My dad was a man and he loved wine. All right, lady, you got your steel. <laughs> Here's the pen. It's so beautiful. Can you please write the word Stacy on my arm using it? It's spelled S-T-S-Q-R-I-L-M. Oh, you must be checked. All right, no problem. Here we go. 
Stacy, I supported you. And you said all you made today was you got a pen, you bartered for a pen. What are we going to do with the pen? No, no, no. I could never take that pen off that nice old gentleman. I just had him write my name on my arm. That's. He, he was very nice. It doesn't matter if he's nice, sweetie. This is the Tupperware all over again. You never, you always tell me that I'm not good at business. You always do. You're always saying, Stacy, Stacy, stop trying to sell Johnny's lemonade at the mall. It's not certified by the health code. Stacy, Stacy, stop throwing yourself in front of vehicles to collect insurance money. Stacy, Stacy, stop trying to think for yourself. Well, you know what, Bob? I've had enough. I've had enough. Wait, you're divorcing me? Yes. Are you leaving? Are you you're taking the kids? No, you're keeping the kids. Oh. I'm okay. taking the wine-themed housewares. Oh, okay. Can you leave me some of um, the wine keys that are uh, that look like little penises? They're great. I want to give some out of work. I'll leave three. We now cut to a court scene. Judges bringing in the couple. The husband is deciding to challenge the divorce under the Lanham Act. Judge Singer presiding. Uh, Stacy, you're proposing divorcing your husband under what grounds? Excuse me, Your Honor. You, you've mispronounced it. It's Stasi. Stasi. Sustained. And, yeah. sir, you are challenging this on the grounds of the Lanham Act? I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, I am also challenging on the grounds of the Lanham Act. I do have a, a little more than casual grasp of it just because my wife is so into it. Um, I do, I have one stipulation, though. And that is, she takes the kids. Because I think uh, maybe this is a hidden blessing. If we're going to have a clean slate, let's have a clean slate. And ma'am, your response to this is? Your Honor, Bobby Jr. just adores his father. Every time they go to the fire station together, Bobby Jr. just talks about it for days. I know because when I lock him in the room and, and, and I come back days later, he's still talking about the fire engines and how he called 911. So I, I just feel like Bobby really identifies with his father. Also, Bobby's never had a job, much like his father. Well, if I can cite uh, Article 4, Section 3 of the Lanham Act. Um, Please. Individuals should not use sentimentality when uh, procuring legal advice within the bounds of the uh, parliamentary system. Father-son relationship is off bounds and out of bounds, legally speaking, legalese vis-a-vis uh, section 49.6, which of course just says um, baked goods are goods that should be fully baked before sale. <laughs> Your Honor, sustained. Uh, I oh, find your Your Honor, legal... Your Honor. What I have one, I have one, one thing to say. Proceed. Do you see my name written on my arm? Oh, here we go. Let the court uh, let the court know that this woman's name has been written on her own arm. It's been like what it appears weeks. to be. Have I you not for... in three the weeks? defense rests. The defense rests. 
sustain. Sir, I find your argument both novel and utterly confusing in that the Lanham Act uh, is used in commerce law. Are you essentially arguing that your wife is a good to be traded? Um, I would say that she is, uh, I want to say she's a good, I'd say maybe she's a, a fair, a fair to bad, maybe just based on a lot of our past. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's good. She's, she's the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I let this go so far. Stacy. I don't want a divorce. Oh, Bob, I knew you'd come to your senses. Let's reunite and sell Bobby Jr. at the flea market so that we can pay for our retirement. Oh, my God. Now you're talking. Uh, Your Honor, while we're here, can we please change my name to to Chattel? C-H-A-T-T-L-E. Sustain. That brings a close to this session of Commerce Law with Judge Singh on Channel 12. Tune in every Friday for a completely unqualified judge presiding over cases that make no legal sense. And now a word from our sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) It it had an arc. It had an arc. Oh, the credits run, right? Sommelier, the movie. (laughs) (laughs) The third part of laying down the law is where we lay down the pretense and we ask real questions. This time I've actually um, written questions specific for each of you because I know you. I wanted to start with Griffin. For those of you who have been paying attention, because I mentioned it about six times, Griffin just got married. Congratulations. Thank you. Griffin, what's your best advice about married life based on your very lengthy experience of being married? Yeah, actually, this is our two-week anniversary. Friday, we got married two Fridays ago on the 16th. So I don't know when you're going to air this. It could be our three-week anniversary when you air this. Who knows? Given how long it usually takes me to do post-production, you'll be married for three years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I would say my best advice is never wait a fortnight to settle a fight. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah, yeah. Anything under two weeks, yeah, you can fight up until two weeks, but two weeks is the mark. At that point, just let go. Then surrender. Yeah, surrender as much as you can. Is that good advice? Oh, no. It's, it's great advice, but for every year of marriage, just shaved 48 hours off of that fortnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't been married very long, obviously, but we've been together for a long time. So it's like, it's kind of, it feels like we've been married for a while. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, the cool part will be tax season when you get that, uh, that deduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See the government, the government's not allowed to sanction, you know, sanctity versus profanity, but it's, you know, sure. Okay. With promoting marriage and procreation. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Which, Hey, if it saves us money around tax season, we're for it. That's right. <laughs> well, I have 12 children in that case. Okay, good. Yeah. We're going to start a little baseball team, a 12 player <laughs> baseball team. Um, Jay, the, um, for those of you who've heard Jay on the podcast before, um, we talked a little bit about Jay's um, religious background. He's a sick S I K H. And um, I really appreciate having conversations with Jay about it because I um, I've, haven't really known anyone who practices um, Sikhism. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. You could okay. even say Sikhi, which would be the spirit of being a sick. Oh, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Less words, less letters. I mean, less letters. Yeah. Easier to spell. I think that's mm-hmm. actually, isn't that how you pronounce Stacy? 
sometimes <laughs> pretty much yeah um but you said the most fascinating thing the other day about gender and i was just wondering if you um wouldn't mind kind of ex- explaining um you know sikhism view on gender um and kind of how how it's how it's viewed certainly just uh full disclosure there's no proselytizing on on my end it isn't about superiority or so am i allowed to proselytize though (laughs) you can do whatever you want because you always say that but you know what about if i do it is it okay if you're nearby when i proselytize yeah really promote uh religion is not a part of i I, ironically Uh actually it's not ironic if you don't have if you don't have a religion this would be a good one to check out guys i'm not like just i'm just like saying like if you like kevin this is a good one free food <laughs> yes. That's a good start. Yeah, totally. Um, so proceed. That's, Sorry, you're I describing asked, the I asked a question then interrupted the answer. That's very rude. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. You fit in my family perfectly. <laughs> even gave me a chance to answer. That that's amazing. I'm not even yeah. used to that. <laughs> you what you just described with, and I'll get to gender after this, with the concept of free food. Or the idea of uh, free food is a concept of lunger, L-A-N-G-A-R, in Sikhi. Probably best to define not just as like free food or free kitchen, the idea that all human beings have the right to be fed. In fact, that spiritual quests cannot begin unless someone is fed. If you are hungry and you're uh, not able to actually take care of those material needs, which are real on our in our world to, to be fed, how can one actually contemplate reality beyond the mundane? Yeah. The, the food at Lunger is found at a Gudwara, a Gudwara side, which is literally translates to the Guru's door. In Sikhism or in Sikhi, we have Gurus that we, we venerate, we don't worship them, we, we study their readings, their writings, and we use it to create a just society. To, to be selfless, to serve others, and to also question many of the constructs that have led us into this space of oppression, i.e. gender. Gender is a concept versus a biological determinant like sex, which is becoming more and more recognized as something that people have fluidity over, right? That's now here in the West. To six, gender has always been a lie. It is, it is a falsity. The idea of uh, male and female are dualities. They're binaries. And a central tenet in Sikhism is, or in Sikhi is that creating duality splits us away from the unity of our, our world. That is really cool. Follow-up question. What's Sikhism's view on bidets? Very controversial. Uh, this has been, been a huge, huge uh, point of... Uh, I'm trying to think of a bidet pun. <laughs> I got nothing. We'll wait, we'll wait. It's been a yeah. watershed issue. <laughs> we'll just wait for you to clear your mind. Yes. I have to eat first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with watershed issue and, and, and leaving yeah. it at that. Just kidding, though. No, I, I don't mean to make light. Um, I do mean to make light, actually, but I do sincerely appreciate um, you sharing, though. Sure. Yeah. So, guys, we have been going for a while here. Can you... Once again, tell people how they can find you, what's coming soon from you, what should they be looking for if they want to hear more of your great comedy, et cetera. Currently, my comedy is limited to whenever Billy texts me and says, <laughs> hey, do you want to be on my podcast? 
I I love comedy, like I mentioned on the last one, for the people who are following up. It's been a real uh, privilege to re-engage in something that I had pretty much put on the back burner to focus on a new career, which is real estate. And oh boy, is that a funny world. For those who are interested in real estate advice, like I mentioned multiple times, I'll mention again happily. My name is Jaypreet Singh, J-A-Y-P-R-E-E-T. I'm with the Team Fast at EXP Realty. We're based out of the East Bay of San Francisco, California, fame. And I'm happy to help with any questions anyone has. You can call me at 408-805-5291. That's 408-805-5291. You can send me an email at jpreet, J-A-Y-P-R-E-E-T, at fastagents.com. This team is phenomenal. I cannot emphasize how amazing it is to be here and how we very much look forward to helping you. Thanks, Jay. And that, that, phone, that phone number is also, uh, it's open for chats too, right? If people just want to have a nice chat about Oh, sure. cool. Favorite subjects include uh, wine, obscenity law, uh, and uh, pretty much anyone who wants to start their own magazine. <laughs> Griffin, you want to do some shameless self-promotion? The same thing that Jay should have been promoting. Our show on May 24th, that's going to be uh, like our Mondays at 7 group with Billy. You're on mute. Yeah, you're on mute. That's what it's called now. And it's going to be 30 minutes of amazing comedy. So if you are if you have an open Monday night, a couple Mondays from now, May 24th, check us out at 7 o'clock. I'm sure Billy's going to send out a blast email and stuff like that, or we'll be promoting on social media. Uh, besides that, like, yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, Zoom stuff is kind of the only stuff. So it's kind of like, apparently theaters are opening up June 15th. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, like, things will start swinging again. I feel like we ought to take our group and just walk into the first open theater and be like, open my night. We're doing it right now. <laughs> well, thank you both for being on the show. Laying Down the Law is a product of Beyond Unreasonable Doubt, produced by Jeffrey Feitner and Verboten Productions. Our music is Galactic Damages by Jingle Puck. Our cover art is courtesy of The Mighty Q. I want to thank all of our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please tell a friend, help us grow our audience, and maybe make some better shows. If you can, subscribe, write a review, leave us a rating, etc., etc., etc. Not that really anybody ever does that, but, you know, I'm supposed to say it's self-promotion. That's how it goes. If you want us to cover something, do something in the future, tweet at me at Max Headroom Esquire. That's a reference you should be old enough to know. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, my name is Billy DeClerc. I am your host, and I'm not smug. I'm just a realist. <laughs> <laughs>